Hey, this is Katha Leadbus, and welcome to the Revenue Accelerator. I have my um, probably new best friend here, uh, Casey Williams. We have been chatting here real quick on the insanity that she chooses to live. So Casey, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then explain why I just said that. Okay. Hello. My name is Casey um, and I own an accounting firm. I also am a mom, a wife, and my husband owns a mechanic shop. We have some real estate together, um, both residential and commercial, and we own a bakery. And we started our bakery in June of last year during the pandemic. And um, it's gone so well. We are opening the second location in August. And my husband is actually looking at the third location today. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, (laughs) you guys all listening here understand why I just introduced you the way that I did. Like, this wasn't a joke. Like, (laughs) it's amazing, which is what I want to talk to you about. Like, sorry, keep doing the intro because I'm getting too like. Oh, that's okay. Um, So uh, where was I? So. Um, yeah, so that's what I do. Um, the accounting firm is is probably my favorite of the of the businesses that we have. Um, I started that in my basement um, with zero clients. Um, I thought my husband, I'm sure my husband thought I was having a midlife crisis when I told him that I wanted to open my own accounting firm and leave a corporate job to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, in a town of, we live in a town in Indiana, um, 600 people here. It's kind of like Mayberry off of the Andy Griffith show. That's kind of where I live. Um, there's 600 people here. There's no industry. It's farming is, is what's here. Um, and so I, I, I don't think my husband quite had in mind what I had in mind. Um, when I said I wanted to open an accounting firm, cause he's thinking you could do taxes for every person here and not make what you're making now. <laughs> Um, Little did he know. <laughs> yeah, we have clients in 35 states and three countries now. So not too shabby. I mean, not too shabby. wow. And but here's the thing. A lot of people are going to, you know, look at their businesses, no matter where they are. And, um, you know, we don't want to do this comparison monster thing, right? Where we're just like, okay, hold on. She's got four, five, six, seven businesses going at the same time and all this stuff. Um, you have a unique mechanism that allows you to actually be able to run these businesses without having them run your life. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of how you're able to manage what one of those things would kick someone into overwhelm (laughs) managing in and of itself? Uh, Well, it's really simple. Um, uh, Two things, people, uh, we have people in, Mm. in various places. We are the largest employer in our town. Um, we have 15 employees in our bakery and we have seven here in the accounting firm. And my husband has two, I guess you call them employees. They're really just helpers, um, his, um, mechanic shop. And so we have people, great people and process. Uh, we, when we started the bakery, we had no process because it was new Mm. and the same with the accounting firm. When I started, I didn't have processes. And as business has grown and changed, processes have changed, but you still have to have those processes in place to everybody be on the same page, everybody know what's going on, the communication happens like it's supposed to. And I will say, you know, it's not always 100% perfect, but it works. And so that's how we make it work is uh, my husband actually took vacation after Thanksgiving. We were gone for four days and, what? you know, the world didn't come crashing down around us. It, it, 
it's that fine. happened before, right? The world came crashing <laughs> down before. <laughs> no, it was fine. Um, we, I mean, we took did business in the morning, and then we would go do whatever we were doing for the day, and then we would come back and check in in the evening. And I mean, and I think as a business owner, when you take vacation like that, you still have to touch base with business. If if you don't take business with you, right? Uh, and we didn't. We left business at home, and so that we it was it was a good time and. The only way that we're able to do that is to have good people. I, I think that's something that's um, an understatement, um, especially when you're obviously very capable and intelligent you're of the the two you know P's. I guess the, it's the they call it the three people people processes uh, to make profit, right, mm-hmm. or whatever the how whatever the source words you want to use. But if, essentially, it comes down to those basic components to keep your eyes on all those things, measuring them and and making sure everything's growing when you're seeing people scaling, right? So you had one business, your husband had a business, then you started adding so that that's that scaling. Like you were scaling your businesses individually and then adding new businesses and doing it again. What were the main processes that you really needed to have in place that really helps you scale faster that I think that some people might overlook and may may be like, eh, maybe that's not that important. Um, well, the first business we started was in 2012 and then we didn't start the second business until 2015. And then the third business, we didn't start until 2020. So we had several years in between before we, um, started that next chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, building a good client base, I guess, is probably the biggest thing that we did. Uh, with the mechanic shop, he did basically was word of mouth. And so he picked a specific niche that he wanted to work in. When he started, he took on a lot of jobs and then he kind of narrowed that niche down. And the the smaller the niche got, the better the business got, Mm. which sounds kind of crazy. um, Because he went from I can do a jack of all trades to I'm only going to do transmissions. That's all I'm going to do. And now he does about 15 of those a month. Um, so there's, uh, he went from just a couple to he's the go-to guy now for transmissions in the area. And it's not to and say that he couldn't do all the other things. Like he can he, change a tire. He can fix, you know, holes. He can, you know, patch a muffler, I'm sure. And the, this is the extent of my mechanical knowledge. Um, <laughs> change a spark plug. There we go. I pulled one more out. Yeah. But it was the thing that not not just because he could, that he should. And so right. really well, and there time. wasn't one in the area. So there was that need. Uh-huh. And so we did the same in the accounting firm. I have an accounting firm that is not the traditional accounting firm. Most mm-hmm. of my clients, I was doing Zoom calls with clients before COVID. Um, like I had everyone clients understands Zoom yeah. existed before the pandemic <laughs> uh, yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we so, know. We did, uh, we did Zoom calls just like this um, long before COVID started. And I had clients all over the country to where I could go from, you know, New Jersey to California in a matter of minutes, Mm -hmm. because I would get off this call and get on the next call. And so I had clients all around the country. So I was able to leverage that. And I also own business. So not only can I give suggestions from the accountant perspective, Yes. But also from the entrepreneur perspective, 
because that allows me to because right. the brick and mortar perspective is very different than the online business perspective right and especially I when it's like entrepreneur versus corporate like all of these different nuances that you've now specialized in because you've not only supported people in doing it but you've lived it and breathed it yourself so there's mm-hmm. that level of insight that you can't get until you, you know you've experienced it firsthand yeah yeah, yeah. um and so that has allowed us to to be the the go-to person mm-hmm. for um for the accounting and so now we get referrals i get referrals more than i get other kinds of new clients and i we did some marketing We've done lead generation. We've done all kinds of things. But now I have built that base to where most of our clients now come from referrals. And that's a testament to your ability to deliver on results, right? Is that, um, but there's also a different level because a lot of people, I've heard of people building their entire businesses on referrals. I've heard of people not doing it. I've heard of people wanting to get into it and, and, you know, systematize it even more. Um, and there's a question here, I promise. So what have you seen be effective for you in terms of empowering referrals to come to you versus just sitting around and waiting for them to happen? Um, well, at first I did just sit around and wait for it to happen. Um, and that was, that was then (laughs) you're a process queen. So I'm sure there's something in place right now. (laughs) Um, for tax, the tax side, I only see those clients once or twice a year. And so we do put a coupon in our packet when they pick up their packet, it does have a coupon in it that gives me that opportunity to mention it with a client. And I have that reminder because I have that paper when I go through the taxes with them to, if they're physically in the office Mm. and it's in the PDF packet, when it goes out to a client that when I'm doing a video for them, I can mention as I scroll through. Um, So it's just a mention. So it's not salesy but a mentioning right and um when I'm with the bookkeeping clients it's in my email on my tagline and so it's in my signature Mm -hmm. and every once in a while if I'm doing a training or doing a talk or something like that I will mention that I got a referral from someone not that I want a referral from you Mm -hmm. but I got a referral and so to me, that's more of a subtle way to say that I do take referrals yes. as opposed to asking for that referral, because I don't necessarily want to beg for the referral, but I want to mention that it's an option. Yes. I love that because there are people who are at a certain place of success in their business where you might assume that they don't necessarily want or need referrals. And so I love the stealthness of being like, Hey, like, I maybe have a certain level of success, but I also still very much appreciate referrals just like anybody else does. And you're seeding it consistently, I think is also one of the other things to really highlight is, is you're not just doing it, you know, once a year when tax season comes around, it's where are all the different opportunities to convey a message without the aggressiveness. I really, really like that aspect of it. Yes. And I mentioned when I get on a call with the clients, I... Like, cause we, you know, when I first get on a call with a client, we talk about life or day or whatever. And I will say, you know, oh, I had three calls today with, you know, two prospects and I signed two new clients today. You know, that's, that's a hundred percent success there. And so I can say that, that, you know, Hey, I signed a new client today. So I'm 
I'm in those shoes with a client as opposed to, because I'm still building a business too. Mm. And so clients can see that. So I let them see that as opposed to, you know, oh, I had three calls today and I didn't sign any clients. Um, I, I mean, I've had those, those days too. I don't usually mention that <laughs> when I have a client call, but if I haven't had a success, I definitely will mention it that I've had, you know, two calls today and signed two new clients, because I think that's, I think they need to see that side too, mm-hmm. that I'm not just the accountant. I'm also the salesperson. I'm also the, because as an owner of an entrepreneur business, we are, we're the salesperson, we're the accountant, we're the, I mean, we, we janitor and we do it all. Right. Well, that, that really brings to point the next thing that I was going to say, which is the differentiation that you have, again, that you've, you've done the brick and mortar, you've done the online business. You don't just keep that information to yourself. You're actually actively supporting your clients, not in just reconciling the books, but helping them reconcile the business. And so when, that's a good line, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So so when they come to you and they're like, oh God, like I need to do this and this and this, you're not just sitting there smiling and nodding and being like, great, can we, can you give me your credit card statement, please? You're actually (laughs) actively supporting them in getting to that next level of their business. One, probably because it helps you because so long as they stay in business, they're going to keep coming back to you. But two, if they make more money, then that might mean more for you. (laughs) True. true. Um, So what made you get into, like, how does that work with your clients when you're doing the books and supporting them in other capacities? Um, well, I start out that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, so when, even when we start with a client, it starts that way because we're always pushing towards tax savings. We're always pushing towards, um, more income for you personally, more money back in your pocket. Cause that's why we went into business in the first place. So we could have resources to do something. Mm-hmm. And usually that resource is money to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. And to be able to do that, you have to, you know, okay, where can I cut taxes? Where can I, because that's usually your biggest expense. Once you get outside operational expenses, that's the biggest expense that we have in business is either people or taxes. And so when I'm on a call with a client, you know, it's not uncommon for us to talk about income streams. It's not uncommon to talk about advertising or marketing or, and I, I hire some of that stuff out, but Mm. I still know enough about it that we can have that conversation to say, this is what I've done. This is what I've tried. This is the person that did this very well for me. Let me introduce you. Um, so I have some of that information that not just any other entrepreneur, or any other accountant would have that I'm able to share with my clients. Right. So we talked a little bit about processes. We talked about kind of your capabilities of providing a different level of support, which is goes well above and beyond just you know, accounting or bookkeeping or that kind of standard, um, you know, when it comes to you, it's clear that it's a baseline and then more versus this is the maximum that you get. What about people? Because like you mentioned, operational expenses is one of the biggest things. And we all know that, um, you know, a lot of people tend to hire fast, fire, slow, which is the opposite, or, you know, it takes something like 15 weeks to recover from a bad hire in terms of, being able to replace that person, actually make the decision to fire that person and then have to retrain someone else. So what's your best advice when it comes to hiring right um, so that you don't have to fire? (laughs) Mm. So I have, I I don't know that I have a um, great answer for that. I, 
Um, we've hired many. Um, some have stayed, some not. So when I'm looking at a hire, I'm looking more at personality. I'm looking mm. more at not just skill set. I'm, I'm yes. looking at how is this person going to interact with the rest of the team? Because mm -hmm. um, we hire both in the office, we hire remote. We yeah. have people that you know work different shifts. We have um, different different um, hats that they wear in the businesses, and so. I'm looking at how are they going to interact with other people in that group that there's that they typically work in. How are they going to interact with people in another business that they might also work in? Because I have mm -hmm. some that do dual business, and so I am looking for this person. And I do a fair amount of journaling before I ever get to the point that I'm ready to hire. Mm. What do I want next? What am I looking for? Oh. Because I'm looking for that person before I have a person to put in that spot. I love that. I am. I, and so I do a fair amount of journaling to know what do I really want in that person? Mm. What do I desire from that person? Like if I'm hiring a bookkeeper, am I looking for an entry level bookkeeper? Am I looking for a middle of the road bookkeeper? Am I looking for a review type bookkeeper? What am I, what am I searching for? What, what's the good puzzle piece that fits in the business? And then what kind of personality am I looking for? Am I looking for somebody that's real quiet and shy and sits at their desk and does all their work and never talks to anybody? Am I looking for a very bubbly person that might sit in the front that is people see as, a, as the first person they come in the door? Am I looking for somebody that's really good on the phone? Am mm. I looking for somebody that may be a contractor that's really not an employee? Am I looking to hire a contractor versus an employee? So I do a fair amount of work like mental work, I guess, before I ever put that applicate, put out the job description of what I want. Because yeah. then I can tailor that job description to be what I'm looking for more in a personality position than mm -hmm. necessarily, yes, I include the skill set that I'm looking for too, but that's like secondary. Yeah, no, I love that. It was actually one of the things that I was, uh, I was driving in the car and there was some kind of radio thing. And that was one of the things that was happening in the local area. Someone had like a Robert Half was a placement agency who had done on these studies, um, kind of like the Pew Charitable Trust kind of thing. Um, and they had said that one of the things that causes such an issue when it comes to hiring is that people are so focused on the skill set. Um, and making sure that all the skills align to all the things that they identified instead of hiring for personality. Um, and that, that there's that willingness and ability. You can, you can teach ability, right? Like that is something, it's a skill set. If they don't have it, they can learn it. You can't teach willingness. You, you know, and we've we all seen those graphs of like, if someone is willing and able, then, you know, make they're your superstar. If they're willing and not able, then keep them. But anybody who's unwilling, just basically get rid of them. <laughs> Because yes, they're not going to do the work and no matter what their skill set is. Mm -hmm. um, so I really appreciate also you sharing how you're connecting to, you know, let's take it a little wooey um, to the energy of the person, right? And, and, and finding that right frequency fit, if you will, um, so that they can contribute in the way that you want them to, even if, if they don't have the necessary skill set, if, if it's just good enough that they can get great. Um, so the last thing I wanted to touch base on was, I mean, your mom with four businesses, five, six, seven, how many of you have lost count? 
and with a husband, right. And all of the responsibilities of, of everything, how do you, I mean, I know we talked about people, but when it comes to kids, there's sometimes there's mom guilt, there's, I, you know, especially with the pandemic and being, you know, kids in at home and stuff, like, how do you manage it beyond? Cause there's only so much of momming you can delegate. Um, how do you, how do you manage that on your end? Well, now my kids are a little older, so it's a little easier. Um, so now the mom guilt is you should have came to work with me and worked in my business as opposed to do something else. Um, we do have four children. Um, and all four children have worked in our businesses at some point. Um, two of them still work there now. Um, we have two in college. Um, the third one will be in college next year. And um, the one who's in college now still works in the bakery when he comes home from college. But um, so when they were younger, it was fun. It was cool to go work with mom. Mm. They could shred, they could file, they could, <laughs> it was great. Um, you pay them a couple bucks and they're, they're great. You had um, to have them file in a very specific area. Cause I know like I struggled with the alphabet whenever I tried to file, like it, <laughs> I understand there's an order and my brain just could not understand that B comes before F like, <laughs> well, they did okay with the filing. I, I don't think I ever had an issue with that. Um, the stickers on envelopes, that was a struggle mm. to get them straight. That, that was a struggle, but anyway, um, but I guess I, I live by a calendar. And so even when my kids were younger, I would schedule time. Okay. This is home time. This is work time. And I have my email on my phone from work, but there's times when I leave it lay on the counter on silent when I'm home. And then there's times when after the kids go to bed, I might pick up the computer and go back to work for a couple hours, but I've already had mom time at that point. Yeah. And so I, I, that's kind of how I did it. I would schedule evening time after school to be home. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I might go back to the office or I might take my, my work home with me and work after the kids would go to bed. Now my kids are all on their own and I'll do what I want, when I want. Yeah. (laughs) But one of my first hires was actually a housekeeper. Hmm. Yep not something in my business. It was a housekeeper so that I could be in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of my first hires and I still have a housekeeper today that comes to the house and cleans oh, the I'm, house. Yeah, and- I'm not going back to cleaning. <laughs> I don't, didn't do much of it in my twenties either. So, <laughs> so um, and, and I don't do much cooking. Yeah. I don't do a lot of cooking either. We eat out a lot, um, which has its own challenges, but we do. We eat out a fair amount, um, like six days a week. Cause I don't know, honestly, like I work- entrepreneur to entrepreneur, like we can't be judging like mom to mom, entrepreneur. we cannot be judging other people. I know this past week I have forgotten the ability to cook. Like I just, I, not that I don't know how I just look at the refrigerator and go, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. chicken nuggets again. <laughs> like- yeah. Yeah. We did a lot of frozen pizza when the kids were littler. Um, mm-hmm. and the kids learn to cook. I mean, yeah. like cook, you say cook frozen pizzas, um, pizza pockets and corn dogs and that kind of stuff. But they did because I was working. Even yep. when I worked for someone else though, it was that way because yep. during tax season, mm-hmm. I worked a lot. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, I work a lot more. We kind of have a saying in our house. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you get to pick which 80 hours a week you work. 
Yep. So that. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, a lot of what you're saying is exactly how I function and I, I operate too. So I, I really, really appreciate, you know, when other people are like, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love being validated? Um, <laughs> but, you know, just showing how there are areas to release because when we're trying to control too much of our business, it really starts costing us business. Um, and so there's certain space, like there's just levels where you start releasing more and more. Um, I know one of the things that I always talked about with my kids was my responsibility as a mom is to make sure my kids are loved. It doesn't mean that I always have to be the ones loving on them, um, but just that they have that infrastructure and that, that support around them. Um, you know, you shared so much with us today, Casey. I really, really appreciate it. How can people learn more about you, your businesses, and specifically how you support entrepreneurs, um, you know, in the back end and in their books and being able to do all those projections and scaling? Uh, my website, I suppose, is the easiest way to get a hold of me at kclwilliams.com um, is one way you can get a hold of me. Facebook as well. Um, I'm on there as Casey Schultz Williams. Um, you can reach me there. I'm also on LinkedIn, um, but my website is probably the, the easiest to get a hold of me. Beautiful. Awesome. Any parting words that you have to share with the listeners and, and watchers um, <laughs> for the video? Yeah. Um, I would say, viewers. I'm sorry, yeah, viewers, that's what you're looking for <laughs> viewers. Um, I would it. say, um, probably hire before you're ready. Mm. Um, that would be my, my, cause it's easier to outsource. Even if you're not hiring an employee, you're hiring a contractor, mm-hmm. you can control the hours that you hire them. You can, so you can control that budget. You can, um, do some journaling about it to, to know what it is that you want first to hire because you can hire salespeople, you can hire marketing people, you can hire um, housekeepers, you can hire all kinds of things as a business owner that allow you to do something that you really like, as opposed to um, maybe something that you like dread, mm. you can outsource the dread. Yeah. I, and I tried outsourcing different pieces of my business. Cause early on, I tried outsourcing the sales part of my business. And I'm like, you know what? I really like that part that didn't work for me. Yeah. So I took the sales part back over and I outsourced some, I didn't outsource it. I hired employees, but the bookkeeping part, like just to do the crunching and the reconciliations. Right. I don't ever do that part anymore. I love it, but I got to the point where I couldn't do it all. And that was a piece that I had to let go. Mm. And so I, you have to pick and choose. And just because you choose today doesn't mean that is a choose forever. You can right. change. I love that. Um, I will say that there is nothing like a clean reconciliation. I have a background way back when, when I did bookkeeping. And when that came out to a net zero on both sides, I was like, yes. <laughs> the worst was trying to find those like 12 cents where you inverted a number somehow. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah. do everything and redo it. <laughs> I had an intern one time that she said, what is the biggest bank statement you've ever reconciled? And I said, mm, I don't know, probably 30 pages or so. She said, oh, okay. I said, why do you ask? We had taken on this new client that was a, they sold stuff on Amazon. And um, his bank reconciliation was 500 pages. And I mean, his bank statement was 500 pages. And she's like, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> that no thanks yeah 
Yeah. When we You're got like, that well, one that's down. That's your job, not mine. So. <laughs> we got that one down to five dollars and I said, get an F. Yeah, great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gotta love those adjustments at the end of the year. All Sometimes, right. you know, you just gotta do it. Yeah, right. It's not worth the time and effort. Uh, Casey, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, make sure you check out the show notes as well as the links will be in there for you. Casey can be found uh, all over social media as well as her website at kclwilliams.com. And thanks again, Casey, for joining. Absolutely.